If you're not an artistic person or someone who enjoys art, the idea that art can be healing might seem odd to you, but it's absolutely true. And in this episode, we explore why that is and how art can be healing. And when I say art, I don't just mean paintings, but really any type of art, including music, movies, shows, novels, statues, poems, paintings, and so much more. In this episode, my guests and I discuss what type of art has been healing for each of us. Mine happens to be a movie, which I'll tell you about in the episode. And more specifically, we talk about how art can help people like us from broken families. We also discuss a piece of religious art specifically for Catholic or Christian adult children of divorce. Really interesting conversation, so keep listening. Welcome to the Restored Podcast, helping you heal and grow from the trauma of your parents' divorce, separation, or broken marriage, so you can feel whole again. I'm your host, Joey Ponerelli. Thank you so much for listening. This is episode 79. I have two guests today. My first one is Dr. Daniel Mayola. He's an adult child of divorce who earned his PhD in theology of marriage and family from the Pontifical John Paul II Institute for Studies on Marriage and Family in Washington, D.C., He's been leading retreats for 15 years. In particular, he's led retreats and support groups for adult children of divorce or separation since 2015 in the Archdiocese of Washington. And in 2018, he founded Life-Giving Wounds to spread the retreat and support groups to adult children of divorce or separation. Dan and his wife live in Maryland with their two daughters and a cat. My second guest is Michael Corsini. Michael is a husband and father of five. He's also a full-time Catholic painter, illustrator, and musician with a bachelor's in fine arts and illustration from Ringling School of Art and Design and a master's from the John Paul II Institute in D.C. Michael and his family currently live in Northeast Pennsylvania. Quick disclaimer, my guests are both Catholic Christians, so you're going to hear talk about God and faith in this episode. Now, if that's not your background, no worries at all. I'm glad you're here. Now, I typically say that you can listen and take the God parts out, but this episode is extra religious. So, if that's a real turnoff for you, perhaps start with another episode. But if you do listen, I challenge you to listen with an open mind. I do believe that you'll still benefit from this episode. So, here's my conversation with Dr. Daniel and Michael. Dan and Mike, so good to have you on the show. Thank you both for being here. Yeah, pleasure. Thank you, Joe. This idea that uh, art can be healing, it's so intriguing. I'm excited to dive into it deeper. Mike, I wanted to start with you as an artist. Uh, Two questions. One, why is art healing? And maybe if you could define what we're talking about when we say art. Sure. Art is healing um, sort of, it might be a controversial statement, but sort of by its nature, you know. There's a lot of... uh, there's a lot of science even behind the healing of that, that properties that art has, you know, um, I've read many research papers in that regard, you know, in terms of how beautiful art can, can alter brain chemistry and, and reduce hospital stays and, and, and these kinds of things. But what that does is it really speaks to our, that body soul connection, you know, that we have that, that art, which is something that, speaks to the heart beyond words, you know, in a place where there, where maybe words can't reach or maybe words aren't necessary. Um, I think anybody who has walked into a beautiful cathedral uh, or walked into a, an art museum and has, you know, been in the presence of some great work, the, the art itself 
great art like that has has a not only a, its own kind of presence, but it also has this ability to penetrate more deeply our interior than if somebody was able than than if somebody was to uh, produce a, an argument or or a um, or, or a well crafted way of describing the art itself. But be, just simply being in in the presence of the art itself sort of astonishes us. In, in an interior way that is impossible, I think, in by other means. So, I, I mean, you know, what is art? It's a hard thing to describe, right? You know, mm-hmm. in, in a lot of ways. But ultimately, I mean, I want to say from the outset, I, from my perspective as a sacred artist, as an artist who also creates animation and illustrations and things like that, the art's ability to heal is really, uh, it's fundamentally, it's a gift of God. You know, so the the ability of the work of a man, woman's hands, an artist's hands, without an infusion of grace by itself, doesn't necessarily have a a capacity to heal. It's it's this this imparting into our interior, into our uh, heart, soul, whatever you want to say, of God, something of God's own transcendental beauty. So he's it's like he's he's giving us a glimpse or opening a little door or shining a, a mirror that we can see just a glimmer of God's own transcendental beauty and that astonishes the human the human being the human heart in such a way that uh, it, it can move us to then want to uh, either drop things that are harmful in our life like sin but it can also so we talk about things like conversion in, in the presence of a piece of art but, but God sharing uh, something of his own transcendental beauty through the work of human hands is where healing and art, I think, really takes place. So many good points. Uh, I want to comment on that. But first, Dan, anything, Dan? Oh, I mean, Mike is the artist will have the deepest sense of this topic. But I would add that I think there's an inner artist to us all. You know, I, I, I see this. I see this in our ministry. Uh, for healing time and time again, sometimes people think of um, people in like right brain, left brain. Sometimes you hear this, you know, like uh, left brain is the analytical, practical side, and the right brain is the emotional, creative, artistic side. But it, it, it's actually been debunked that we're whole. The soul unites us. We we need to use both sides. Mm-hmm. You know, two brains are better than one. Um, and, and to find healing, we need to integrate our whole self. We need to use our whole self, which means our right brain as well. So even if you're more of the analytical argumentative type, I would say that there's something of the right brain, the artist that we all need to recapture for our healing and our wholeness to not, you know, bifurcate our brains. And, and actually it's impossible to do so. You know, current studies, this idea that there's left brain, right brain people goes back to the sixties, but current studies show that there's no such thing. They're always integrated. Mm-hmm. They're always used. So if there is any trauma, any great suffering like us as children of divorce have experienced, it's affected our whole brain, mm-hmm. our whole selves. So this, you know, this idea that we can just approach healing in just an analytical way or just a creative way is, is flawed. We need, we need both. We need to use both. So I would just add that, you know, as Mike talks, there are specific people who are called to be artists and they have a unique vocation to teach us about importance of art and healing in ways that the normal person couldn't understand or see, although we experience it before 
great art, as Mike said. But all of us, all of us have this inner artist, this inner capacity for art that needs to be fulfilled by beauty. So Mike talked about beauty as a transcendental from God. It's, it's also our own need as humans. We need to see and to experience that visible form of God. Beauty is that visible form of God who's ultimate goodness. If you want to back it up for those in the secular audiences, you know, the medievals would say beauty is the visible form of the good. Mm-hmm. But then with the revelation of God, for those who are believers, God adds a new dimension by being the ultimate form of the good. So, you know, you know, we believe as Christians, beauty is the visible form of God's transcendental goodness. But uh, we have that inner need for that. Mm. And I've seen so many times in my ministry, people responding, because Mike does ministry with us, to his music, to his art, or other pieces of art, not just Mike's. There's these major breakthroughs. There's these major insights. Because it gets at the place of the heart. I like what you said, Mike, beyond words. So this is just a little bit of a plug to say that we, we need this as humans. We, we tend to think of art and beauty as just sort of like a entertainment pastime. Mm-hmm. But it, it's this human need, whether you're experiencing suffering or not, but especially for those who are suffering. So good. And it's a good point about you know how our brains are integrated. And it, one of the things when you were talking about that and my con- what you were saying before too made me think of how uh, therapists and a lot of healing modalities, therapy modalities, um, they use art as a part of healing, which is beautiful. And so not only can a piece of art itself, if you experience it on your own, be healing, but even in therapy, you could end up doing some sort of art therapy, which I think it just proves the point again, that art can be incredibly healing. And um, I love that point you guys made about, yeah, it goes beyond words. Cause I think that's why when, you know, if you're feeling down, you put on a song. We've had we've had artists on the show, musical artists, and uh, you know, when you're feeling down, you put on a song, and for some reason, you get comfort from that, and it's that's kind of intriguing. It's like, why is that? And one of the reasons I think is that, yeah, they say things that maybe you can express, um, maybe in a better way than you can. And then the second reason is probably uh, you don't feel as alone because there's someone else at least <laughs> who you know is ex- has experienced something that that you have experienced, which I think is so good. Man, there's so much more to say on this, but thank you for explaining that. And when we say art, uh, the thing that comes to my mind, and Mike, correct me if I'm wrong here, I think of paintings, I think of, like you said, animations, I think of movies, stories, I think of music. It really can encompass more than maybe what people think of as like a painting in the Louvre or something like that. Yeah. Anything yeah, add to that? I think, I mean, in regard to what Dan said too, there's a certain sense in which we can if we all do have sort of an inner, we have an inner artist in all of us, we're able to also to shape and form and create our own, our, our life, you know, uh, and uh, to begin to kind of order, bring order to the sort of chaos that's, that's around us, you know. So, there's a, there's a way in which art, even beyond the, the, the material things you just mentioned, you know, uh, you know, a sculpture, piece of art or something like that, that art can be something that almost extends into non-material in that way. You know what I mean? Beautiful. So, Yeah, just, just to add to that, I mean, we understand art in the broadest terms or beauty. I mean, I prefer the word beauty. Art is one expression of it. Beauty is the visible form of the good. It's the visible form. So it's, it's this beautiful life. It's beautiful creation. I mean, 
Now the creative arts, which is what you're speaking about, which is the more narrow set is the music, the uh, movies, the storytellings, the paintings. I would just add here a shout out uh, for poets. Poetry Mm. was my big thing that I used to help heal from my parents' divorce early on in my marriage or marriage Ah, in my healing journey. I've also used it in my marriage, but uh, for different reasons to celebrate love. So yeah, I would just add poetry, but that, that I think is the creative arts, which is a unique subset of, of beauty, which is this larger visible form of the good. So good. Shifting gears to a little bit more personal topic. How has art been healing uh, for both of you in particular and, and what art in particular, Dan, if we could start with you. Well, I think there's two sizes of this question. There's the art that I've received and there's the art that I've created that I've helped to heal. Mm. The art that I've received, man, there's so much. <laughs> uh, it's hard. I, I, Joey was kind enough to share some of these questions in advance. So I was thinking about which one to two I want to share, but I want the audience to know that there's like really like 50. Um, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> um, okay, for movies, because uh, I, I think... Movies have always played a big role uh, in my healing. Catch Me If You Can. This is great Spielberg film. Just really captured the pain that children are divorced. There's this just wonderful scene, tragic scene, really sad scene, but just like nailed it. I remember seeing this um, with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. He's the child of divorce and his parents are sitting in a room with a lawyer and the lawyer is like, okay, I need you to choose which home for you to live with your mother or your father. Now I'm not going to leave until you choose. I'm going to go out of the room, but you got to choose. There's no wrong answer. This is the lawyer. And Caprio's like, I'm out of here. and just runs. That's the point where he mm-hmm. runs because there is no right answer, right? <laughs> like, like there is no right answer. Actually, the lawyer is wrong, right? He wanted to live with both of them. He didn't want to have to choose one or the other. And there was just so much to that movie about being a people pleaser that I could relate to with DiCaprio. That was like my way of coping. So just that whole movie and its portrayal of overcoming pain and divorce. Spielberg, by the way, is a child of divorce. And I just, I don't know, his movies have always resonated with me. I just feel like so many of his movies deal with his own childhood wounds. Like E.T. is the famous one that dealt with his childhood wounds. So there's that. I would also say, oh man, like artwork, uh, there was a specific piece of our work it's it's an unknown artist of the sacred heart of jesus just crying and um i'll have to send a link you can put in the show notes it's an unknown artist and doesn't have a title but just of christ weeping that really moved me early on in my healing journey that we had a god that wept with me i had always seen you know perfect fake jesus where he's always calm cool and control even on the cross like it doesn't even look sometimes like some of the depictions of jesus on the cross like he's suffering it just seems like so beyond already in the resurrection which is fine you know but um there was just this one weeping christ that has always really struck me as like getting my pain but anyways those are the two i would say for art movies sacred art there's some poems which maybe if i have some time i can share but i want to let mike jump in yeah mike please Thanks for sharing, Dan. So, uh, you can, might be able to see behind me on the wall, right there is an image of the Blue Madonna by Carlo Dolce. When I was a student in Sarasota, Florida, in art school, I would go to the Ringling Museum often, 
And I walked through this hall of Rembrandt's, and in that hall, there was also uh, a Carlo Dolce painting uh, called the Blue Madonna. And it's it's very simply, it's just a portrait of Our Lady, and it's almost completely in darkness with this really saturated blue that you feel like you can almost put your fingers into. It's like just thick, uh, like like an ocean. It's just, I don't know how he did I really don't know how he did it. But the thing that that grabbed me uh, initially was that there was this little sliver of light across her face that just illuminated just enough of her face that you saw the the beauty of her features. And at that point in my life, I was really in a in a, what you would call a darkness. I had I had this burden of a really long term uh, pornography addiction that started before the age of sometime. It's kind of fuzzy for me, but it's sometime before the age of ten where I was able to get a hold of it on a daily basis and just it just latched into me like talons, you know. So when I got to college, things just kind of gave me an opportunity for things to spiral out of control in a certain sense. And so I was dealing with uh, friends who had, had who got contracted STDs and had an abortion and all, all these different things. And my mind was really just kind of swimming with what is all this, what is all this about, you know, life? <laughs> And uh, so I, I was kind of miserable that day, and I was walking through the, the museum, and I just stopped in front of this painting, and it just it it like hit me, like um, almost like an electrical feeling, you know, all through my body. And I stood in front of this painting, and you know, it's a good thing there was nobody in the gallery at the time, but I I just started weeping like a big ugly cry, like a you know snotty ugly cry, just like it was like my entire life just gushed out of my face, you know, and uh, when I meant, I meant what I said before about art being able to touch uh, places that were sort of untouchable. There was a place where I didn't even have words. I didn't even know why I was weeping at the time. It was just, it just felt like I was standing in front of beauty and I wanted to cry for it and because of it. And uh, that moment was the beginning of my conversion. And having not grown up in with Christian faith, you know, to speak of, and and really discovering the church, and also the beginning, first day of the beginning of my healing from porn. So, the artwork has absolutely, beautiful artwork, especially with God's hand in it, has absolutely the power to bring us uh, to a place of complete transformation or or and it begins the path of transformation it's the spark it's the initial kind of flame that gives us the desire to change our life i think that's probably the most it's probably the best illustration i can give but obviously film books everything that's affected my life continually deeply that experience was the first time in my life that i i realized that that art has a power beyond what the artist can manifest. Wow, incredible. Thanks so much for being so vulnerable and sharing all yeah. that. Uh, so so profound. And I, I looked up the painting just to see it at a closer uh, level, and it, it's beautiful. It's striking. And um, now I can relate so much uh, to you. I was 11 years old when I saw pornography, and that led to a struggle. And uh, thankfully, I was able, like you, to get that out of my life. But there are a lot of things that contributed to getting out of my life, but um, I think really just uh, an encounter of like real beauty and to see the distortion of beauty within pornography, it almost makes it unattractive. 
like obviously there's the you know biological response to an image like that but um really it, it becomes unattractive when you encounter beauty um at a more profound level and i remember one of the things that have been helpful in healing for me over the years when it comes to art i don't know if it dan i think it fits more of what you were saying is like just beauty not creative art but sunsets like i just love sunsets i always have grown up in the midwest we always had great sunsets and when i was going through a lot of the stuff with you know my family breaking apart and my parents getting divorced uh, that was honestly a source of consolation for me just like watching a sunset whether i was like feeling very anxious or down it would always bring some sort of life either to calm me when i felt anxious or to give me some life when i felt kind of numb or depressed and so uh, that in itself was was really helpful and healing and uh, another thing too my favorite movie i've a lot of favorite movies i love movies uh, but probably my favorite one is batman begins excellent movie you know christopher nolan just an incredible director and christian bale did a great job playing bruce wayne in that movie part of the reason i, I relate with it so much is uh, bruce lost his parents he lost his family and i think that's what we feel like when we're going through our parents divorce or the breakdown of our family is like we really it's a very real loss something we need to grieve and something that's not supposed to be that way just like the way that bruce's parents got gunned down uh, in the movie and i always thought it was so powerful how he took that pain took that brokenness and though it started to destroy him his anger his rage his desire for revenge though it started to destroy him and lead him down a bad path eventually through the help of others he redirected that to serve justice like to to help people to do good not to just to destroy and seek revenge as can be tempting you know for those of us who've been harmed which which I always related to it's like okay that's the type of person I want to become someone who who has been wounded who has been hurt who has been through trauma who then takes that that energy that power and redirects it in something that's good and beautiful and uh, and so that movie ha- has been particularly healing uh, for me and it's something I, I never get tired watching that movie um there's so much we could say here i do want to shift dan over to you and just see like it, speaking to people like us who come from uh separated families or divorced families yeah how how might art be helpful for people like us in particular in addition to everything we've already said yeah i mean i think I'm not going to do justice to the story, but I'll, I'll use somebody who's come through our ministry. There's there's a great blog post that will talk about her. We use art like on our retreats. There's tons of arts in our books and that. Anyways, there's a great blog post. If you want to hear more about the story called Remaining Secure in the Father's Love on our, on our blog, on our website, lifegivenwounds.org. But anyways, she talks about how she had this major breakthrough. Now, she comes from this really bad background with a lot of uh, domestic abuse as well. And she talks about this major breakthrough through a piece of art that was in our retreat guide. And it is, I always script the name, Jesus Carried Up to a Pinnacle of the Temple by James Tissot. T-I-S-S-O-T. It's this great work. It's really hard. At first, if you look at it, it looks really ugly because it depicts Satan carrying up Jesus to the pinnacle. But what's interesting is, is Satan looks super evil and ugly. And as she was reflecting on this art, it was like the representation of all these memories that just kept her just in this darkness, especially with the abuse. There was particular memories. It just would suck her down and what she believed about herself, that she was at fault for the abuse. This is what she deserved. All this like ugly stuff. And she'd been, you know, at therapy for just a number of years. But what just struck her was Jesus just countenance in this picture, despite all the ugliness around it. It's modern art. <laughs> it's modern art. It's very good at depicting suffering and ugliness. He's just so peaceful. 
his countenance is so peaceful. And that led her to reflect. So it allowed her to explore her own suffering, some deep memories that she just couldn't access and to have a tremendous insight that what I need to do instead of beat up myself, instead of think that I'm at fault when I know I'm not, and to be trapped in this darkness of these replays of these horrific memories. And they're really horrific. She comes from a very, like I said, domestic abuse survivor, some really horrific things in her life that I need to remain secure in the father's love. So it gave her this insight and then a new path to work on her healing. So I think great art allows us to explore suffering in the way that words can't. It gives us these breakthroughs and insights. Mike just talked about the breakthrough that he had and then it enthuses us for work. But then finally it, it helps us to raise above ourselves to, to raise above the junk, the suffering, to go beyond what we think we're capable. But then the beautiful thing is as we do the work, we come back <laughs> to the need to also contemplate beauty. And that's key for our healing is to not just get stuck in the suffering, but to rise above it. And ultimately we want to contemplate beauty more than think about the suffering. Now, again, suffering is going to be with us till the day we die. I'm not saying we leave suffering completely behind, but we have this need to come back and contemplate beauty. So I don't want anybody listening to this show, think of beauty and art as just a means to an end. Rather, it is also an end of our healing. We, we want people to come back. So this woman also particularly found healing to continue to contemplate the beauty of Christ and his expression, that artwork, remaining secure in the father's love. Again, I'm not doing the story justice, but this is an example of how art can move us and heal us and come back to it. And you just sort of like meditate and contemplate that, you know, like you were talking about Joey, like this, the sunsets. Okay. That's beauty. Okay. Cause again, creative arts, which is the paintings and things like that. That's a subset of beauty. We need to come back and contemplate that beauty. We need to step back and rest in that from time to time in our life or our life will be empty. So that's just what I would say was an example of like how beauty, it doesn't just heal, but it's part of the good life. It's part of the thriving. It's part of, you know, the joy that God desires for us. Yeah. It's not just something you use, like you said, and then it's like a tool that you use to heal and then you're done with it, but it's really something that can give you life and help you thrive uh, as a person. And no, I think this makes so much sense going to like the more specific application of healing uh, one thing you made me think of is sometimes people get a little confused about experiences maybe they've had before they were able to cognitively remember them. And one distinction I've heard psychologists talk about, which I think is helpful in this discussion of art and how art can be healing and helpful, is that we kind of have two different types of memory. There's explicit memory, which is more of like a cognitive memory, like it's a vivid memory. We could recall a vivid scene, for example. And then we also have um, what neurobiologists call um, implicit memory, which would be, we can call it like emotional memory. I don't know if that's perfectly accurate, but let's just call it that. That emotional memory really are those things that we maybe can't, again, vividly remember, or perhaps not even put into words, at least not yet, but it certainly affected us. And uh, I've heard stories of people who they ha have experiences when they're you know babies, and then they go through life, you know, struggling with certain things or having you know, certain temptations or whatever. And then later they learn, oh, wow, I went through this experience, which I didn't even remember, or can't recall, um, but it really impacted me. And so I think that's part of the reason why these 
pieces of art or even beauty itself can be so evocative and help us heal is that they're pulling on maybe something in our past and helping us, like you said, access that and then hopefully heal it. And I know that's what happened with me when it comes to, you know, what I was saying about the Batman Begins. There's, you know, something inside me that was like relating to that even at a level that I couldn't fully cognitively understand. And I, that's how I've heard psychologists talk about that when you watch a movie or you're, you find yourself emotionally moved by something, it's usually because some sort of memory is being triggered, even if it's not a vivid uh, cognitive memory, it might be more of an emotional one. Mike, I was curious if you uh, had anything to add about you know how you've seen art be healing, for, particularly for children of divorce or separation. Um, well, you know, I mean, in, as in regards to the, the painting that we did for Life uh, Giving Wounds, uh, which we'll speak about in a little bit, for me, that's... It's an example of how surprising <laughs> it often is that you know as an as an artist you you develop a piece of work, you think about the different symbolisms, you try to incorporate as much of it as you can into the into the artwork itself uh, you're as you're accomplishing it, you're thinking of new things there's little uh, sort of aha moments where you realize, wow, I didn't realize I, I, I did that, but it's there you know it's just you know a little stroke of of God uh, opening it up, you know, even to the artist's mind. But what's astonishing to me so many times that folks, when they see the painting or any any work that I intend for for a healing purpose, that they'll they'll come up with things that are, are so integral to their life. Uh, they'll come up with meanings that I couldn't have perceived, you know, at the time. And uh, so the artwork art has this has this way of, of really just beyond the artist's intention, beyond uh, the intention of, you know, the person who commissioned the work, there is an all, there is another intention. It's the intention of God's use, his, his own intention for the work and how it will be used in the healing process. And I, I just love, one of the things I love the most about it is just how unique and individual it is to each person um, that they perceive the thing that their heart is in need of perceiving. No, it's so good. I love that. And I think uh, one of the ways it's helped me and helped people we've worked with too, and I know you both know this, but one of the steps in healing is often just putting words to your experiences and to the wounds that you've experienced. And uh, I think art does well in kind of putting on us on that road, which, which I think is, is yeah. so good and so beautiful. Dan, I want to go to you. Tell us about the art work that you commissioned Mike to create. Uh, why did you commission it? Yeah, so we commissioned an artwork, a sacred artwork for the healing of children and divorce. And it came out of, I mean, frankly, to my knowledge and research, I could not find a painting for us for children and divorce that had a Christian theme primarily. Now, if any of your listeners know of anything, I'm happy to be wrong about this. <laughs> and I would and I would love I would love to to see more sacred art for children and divorce. So any listeners out there, if you know of something please email me and Joey. I would, I'd always love to collect that. But anyways, I couldn't find anything. I did pretty exhaustive research. And I'm like, you know what? I just really want to create sacred art for the healing of children and divorce. Sacred art here being specifically Christian art. And so I came to Mike many years ago, because again, knowing the need for the creative arts and healing and the importance of beauty many years ago with this desire to create something for us, for our healing. And mm -hmm. Around the same time, too, I had a really beautiful experience of artwork 
at the National Gallery of Art, I live in Washington, D.C., of Picasso's painting, The Tragedy. So again, you speak of artwork that hmm. moves us. The Tragedy of 1923 really moved me, and it depicts the tragedy that's happening in the family. He doesn't really say what the tragedy is, but one of the interpretations of the tragedy by Picasso um, of 1923 is that it was divorce or separation or some brokenness in the family. That's one interpretation. It could be other things. Uh, and they're on the beach. And what's interesting about it is it captures the sadness. I remember seeing this and like you, Mike, I was, I was weeping in the art gallery, hoping nobody would see me. Uh, when I saw this in national gallery of art, this is like 2011, 2012. And just like really, yeah, it felt like it captured my sorrow. But the interesting thing, and, and so I loved it, it captured my grief. And, and again, one of our struggles as adult children of divorce or children of divorce is having our grief acknowledged. So I, I felt here, Picasso nailed it. He nailed the grief, but it stopped there. And as a Christian, I wanted hope as well. And uh, Paul talks about Christians are called to grieve with hope, to be different than just secular views of grieving. It's to grieve with hope. So I wanted something as a response to the tragedy. And so I commissioned Mike, our ministry commissioned Mike, which was crowdfunded, by the way, by Children of Divorce. So I'm really grateful, shout out to all the other Children of Divorce that crowdfunded this uh, painting to be a response to Picasso's tragedy. And and not a response and just like, oh, now we're just going to all of a sudden have hope and no more grief. Like there's still grief in the painting. So I don't want to give that view. but to be a dial, maybe a, a better word is a dialogue with Picasso's tragedy, but something that could be healing as well for the children of divorce. So that, that was a little bit of like the personal circumstances that led to it. And then um, why we commissioned Mike, because we saw this great need of the creative arts and healing specifically on the retreats. And so we created it and it's called, and I'll let Mike talk a little bit more about it. It's called let the children of divorce come to me. So from the you know famous biblical passage, let, let, the children come to me here. We put in, let the children divorce come to me. So we, you know, switched it up there a little bit. Uh, but Mike, I, I don't know if you want to say more or Joey, did you have something to say first? Yeah, no, that, that's amazing. Thank you for explaining. It. And we'll put a link in the show notes so you guys can look at it. I, uh, and perhaps while you're listening right now, if you want to pull it up um, as Mike gives us maybe a little bit of a further explanation of the symbolism he used, um, you can, look at it and Mike can talk through it. So Mike, if you would, yeah, talk us through the symbolism and the different parts of this piece of art in particular, please. Well, can I just give the link if you pull it up just to follow it? It's lifegivingwounds.org slash sacred art for children and divorce. So that'd be the best to follow along. Sounds great. And that link will be in the show notes as well. Mike. Yeah, so this was kind of a a unique challenge uh, for me as an artist because I knew that what the ministry wanted was this, this dialogue with Picasso and you know, I knew what I knew of Picasso was at least outwardly he, you know, rejects the, the this idea of God. Uh, he rejects so in in that he would reject the 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 possibility of the transcendent sort of giving life or informing anything in in the world. You know, um, so there would be he'd probably have very little to say about the symbolism that could you know that could happen and so I've, I've never done anything like this before is the point that i've never i never specifically intended to set out creating a piece of art dialoguing with an artist of this type it's actually not within my 
style or even in interest, at least in, in his modern art. And so the the challenge for me was, well, I wanted to create a piece of art that, that was obviously in dialogue with, with Picasso. So I tried to really kind of step into his way of painting as best I could, his palette as best I could, and to try to describe what we in the ministry wanted to, to describe with the commissioned work in a way that people viewing the original, the tragedy of Picasso, could, could see it uh, in, in dialogue, if that makes sense. So, that's, that's the reason why the, the artworks sort of look like they belong together in a lot of ways, you know. That the, the Life-Giving Wounds artwork is, as Dan said, not exactly giving you this idea that, you know, as you step towards Christ, there will be no more suffering, but that there, there is a great deal of hope in this image. So, as regards to the image itself, if you have it in front of you, it helps a lot. <laughs> the, the overall symbolism in, in the image, I think, what we want to share is that, is that the, the, the child's face being lifted into the gaze of Christ is the primary part of the encounter here. Christ looks into the eyes of the child. He's extending his hand above the, the hand of the child, and you see sort of this light kind of emanating from the wound of Christ into the child's hand, which also bears a similar wound. And then from the, the wound of the child's hand, the, the same light of Christ is then uh, illumines even uh, the feet of his parents uh, is a symbol of illumining the world. So... The central focus and idea, I think, for this image is that the wounds that we carry can be healed, but can also be a fountain of grace, not only for ourselves but also for the life of the world. Yeah, so there's that. The, the one thing we wanted to, to also communicate is that the two parents are, even though that they're sort of more together on the, on the right side of the image, they're not exactly together. Their backs are turned towards each other. They're both still interested in, in what's, what's happening, at least to the child, although they, they don't turn their eyes to him completely. Yeah, just to add in yeah, a second ahead. there, about the eyes, because the eyes are important in the picture. One of the things Mike beautifully displayed is it's awesome that you did this because I didn't ask him to do this. In Picasso's original piece, no one is looking at the child and his suffering. The child is utterly alone, even though he's surrounded by his parents. I just thought that captured so beautifully. That's why I wept at it, the the pain and suffering. And again, here, the parents aren't exactly focused on the child. They kind of see the hands, but they're still missing the child. So there's still that pain. There's still the suffering. The, The parents have their back turned. There's still this ongoing suffering that emanates from the divorce, from the separation. So again, the goal of painting is not just to say, oh, hope over suffering, but hope in the suffering. There's both realities here. But the key here that Mike depicted is, again, this is the Holy Spirit moment, is Christ lifting the gaze of the kid's face to him saying, you are not alone. I see you. I see your pain. And I love you. So unlike Picasso's pain where no one's looking at the child, 
Christ is looking at the child and is actually lifting up his head because, again, in Picasso's painting, the child is weighed down. He's looking down at his feet. What is that? Shame, fear, burden, whatever that is. And he's still struggling with it in his painting such that Christ gently touches his his chin and raises him up saying like, no, no more shame, no more loneliness, no more fear. Or if you have these things, I'm with you and that's okay. So this just, uh, I just love that you depicted this, Mike. And I think this comes from to working in our ministry. And we often say too, when we look at this painting, it really is a composition of so many children of divorce that we've accompanied in their experience here in this painting. They, they're really, it's their experiences that created this painting. It's just so beautiful that you depicted the child's head being raised up. And I, I just think that's a key symbolism of, of the painting. And if you feel alone out there, I hope it comes as a comfort. Beautiful. There's so much here. I feel like you could talk about this for like an hour. <laughs> is there anything else in particular? Like I see, so if I'm seeing this right, um, is that water in the background? And then there's a boat, is that right? And then at the bottom, uh, it looks like a toy horse and then uh, a rose. Am I seeing that right? Or yes. correct me if I'm yeah, wrong. You're seeing that right? They're, the, they're still standing on the beach, you know, as in the... Picasso's tragedy, although Christ is coming towards the child walking on the water, and you see the child uh, stepping forward, the foot, one foot on the land and one foot in the water, or on top of the water. Again, I I like the idea of the image of the child sort of continually stepping forward towards Christ, you know, the need to continually step forward to, to the one who really does acknowledge the wound, you know. Uh, so deeply as to carry it in him, himself. Uh, the, the, there's a, a lot of little uh, symbolisms uh, in the articles on the ground. The one that strikes me uh, really profoundly is the broken horse. Is one, one of the um, typical uh, wounds of uh, uh, children of divorce is you hear often is this lost childhood. You know, a lot of children from, of divorce will say things like, you know, I, I don't remember... I don't really remember play or really being able to play. So we wanted to, we wanted to acknowledge that wound with this little, little toy broken, you know. And if you see the original tragedy image, the, the, the young boy is sort of wrapped in the, it's kind of hard to describe or see. It's, it's kind of some sort of a heavy shawl or, or blanket of some kind. And in this, Almost like yeah, a poncho. something like that, you know. Yeah. And and in this image he's dropped it behind him this heaviness. He leaves it he leaves it behind on on the beach as he steps forward on the water. Beautiful. And the rose, I'm just curious Dan, about that. Can you speak about the rose? Again, we want to acknowledge this idea of the struggles in love. The struggles of love. Now the rose represents more than just the struggles of love. But uh, one of the things I had asked Mike to depict was again in this painting all the different various sufferings and wounds that children divorce could experience. And there's a lot more here that is being left unsaid, but the, but the rose definitely, the fa- it's a fallen rose. It's a fallen rose uh, representing the difficulties of, of love. Um, also, if you see the Picasso painting, you'll see his pocket is bulging. Yeah. And again, we were kind of like imagining what would a kid like have in his pocket. And if you know anything about kids, it's like this random assortment of things. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> 
and, and literally like I asked my daughter, like, what do you have in your pockets today? Like sort of to inform this artwork. And sure enough, she had like flower petals. She had random string and a different toy. She didn't have a toy horse. So like the different items, like there's a string there. There's the broken horse, the, the fallen rose. Like you can imagine like a kid just sort of like stuffing them in a pocket. <laughs> and that's sort of like when he casts aside that heavy outer garment that he's wearing in Picasso's uh, tragedy, like all the stuff sort of like falls out everywhere. So that's kind of also where some of that symbolism comes. And, and can I just say one thing, some Mike said that's really important for the artwork that we do sort of give away, so to speak, on our website. We, we try not to explain all the symbolism, but we try to explain some of it. Is, is that that foot that Mike talks about, how we have this continual need to meet, meet Christ for our healing, but it takes an act of faith. I know there's some listeners out there, maybe you're not Christian, maybe you're struggling with your belief in God, maybe you are Christian, but struggling with your belief in God. A huge part of our healing is the need to make that act of faith, to step out on those waters, even when it's scary, even when it's difficult. And, and what does that concretely look like to do that? It's very simple, inviting Jesus into the pain. And so that foot, that step, Meeting Christ is a symbol of that, that step that we need to take to invite Jesus into the pain. And if you do, you'll find that he's already met us and he's, he's running towards us. So that's part of the symbolism there. There's so much more I'm sure we can say. And if you guys go to the webpage and uh, take a look at the art itself, there is an explanation of kind of the different components of the symbolism that you can uh, read through, which is cool. And then on that page too, you'll see uh, Picasso's original piece. And uh, I think that kind of, it's like the key to this piece that you guys commissioned that Mike, you designed It's It's yeah. Just makes so much more sense once you understand uh, Picasso's piece. And I think it's a cool uh, contrast to uh, what you guys are trying to lead people to, which is healing and wholeness, which is amazing. Um, so much more, I'm sure we can say on that. If you guys want to add any final thoughts, feel free. But I did want to uh, ask you, Mike, if people wanted to look at more of your artwork in particular, not just this one, how could uh, they the do that? The best place to see it is my website, which is michaelcorsini.com. And then on socials, Instagram and Facebook, it's uh, just Michael Corsini Art. You'll find me. Sounds great. And are you taking commissioned art as well? If someone sure. listening yeah, maybe absolutely. wants to do Every something Every year like that? I, I have a certain amount of time for commissions. And so I, I have a little opening this fall, even if, if that's possibility for someone yeah sounds great thanks for that um dan before we go over to you i just want to say two things i love about this piece of art one is um i love how jesus is crying if i'm seeing that right maybe i'm not um i, I think that's beautiful kind of being with their uh, with us in the pain as opposed to kind of being above it or removed from it and you guys explained that well already and then the second thing i thought was appropriate was just how um the parents you know l- look like they're dealing with their own pain which is so often the case right part of the reason that we get ignored so much when we're going through our own pain of a broken family of our parents getting divorced or separated is that um, our parents are so caught up in their own suffering and their own brokenness and their own emotions that they often just overlook what we're going through as well. So I think that's a very accurate depiction. I love that you guys did that as well. And, uh, and that's not meant to bash parents in any way, but just to kind of speak to the reality and hopefully encourage, you know, not just the child to look up to Christ, but the parents to look to the child and the parents to look to Christ as well. So a lot, lot of beauty there. There's so much more I could say, but Dan, I want to throw it over to you to add any final thoughts. And uh, if people want to buy the artwork or view it, uh, you mentioned the link already. We'll show, throw that in the sh- uh, show notes. But if they want to buy the artwork 
or maybe attend one of your retreats, how can they do that? Yeah, I mean, you can go to our website, lifegamewounds.org, click on retreats to find out more in-person retreats. We'll also be doing an online retreat. You can also purchase the artwork in various sizes, including on a prayer card as well. Uh, on our website, just go to our store. And for restored listeners, we're happy to give a 20% discount for both the artwork. And if you want to attend the online retreat, just use the code RESTORED with a capital R. Uh, really grateful to support Joey and his ministry. And my last word is just simply seek beauty. Seek beauty in your life, not just for healing. That's really important. Define the rest that you're craving for and don't settle for beauty. That's not a form of the good. That's not a form of the good. Like you mentioned earlier in the show, pornography. What's lacking? Why is that not beautiful? It's not a form of the good. It's not the visible form of the good. So seek beauty. That's the visible form of the good, whether that's in creation or here, we've talked a lot about the creative arts. Beautiful. Mike, any final words uh, from you? Any encouragement or advice to someone who comes from a broken family who feels stuck and I broken? I just kind of piggyback on what Dan said is, is just seek out beauty that will, will give you rest, but uh, allow, when, when you do encounter it, just be sure and, and try as best you can to, to not allow anything within yourself to block its movement. Really just allow it to wash over you and trust uh, that that beauty is uh, restoring. Just one more thing, because you reminded me of it. So I have to piggyback. Uh, St. John Paul II, I feel like we got to get him in here at least once. He loved the arts. Uh, he would always quote his favorite poet, Cyprian Norwood, who said, Beauty enthuses us for work and work raises us up. So if, if a beautiful art, as Mike said, moves you to work, work on your healing or convert in some aspect of your life, whatever the case may be, to give in, to, to move, that, that therein is uh, a special grace. So just to dovetail on Mike, to allow beauty to enthuse us for work and to allow that work to raise us up. I mentioned the episode with the two musicians, Jenny and Tyler. That's episode 51 in case you wanted to listen to it. If you want to buy the artwork or attend the fall 2022 retreat, just enter the discount code RESTORED for a discount. Again, RESTORED, all capital letters, RESTORED with a D at the end. And you can just click on the link in the show notes to learn more about that and to view Michael Corsini's artwork. If you're not aware, Restored has an online community. I'll tell you how to join that. But first, some of the benefits, you'll have a safe place to speak openly about the pain and problems you face because of the breakdown of your parents' marriage and family. We'll help you not feel so alone. And you'll also be challenged to grow into a better, stronger person. So if you want to join our online community, just go to restoredministry.com slash community. Again, restoredministry, ministry is singular, dot com slash community. Just fill out the quick form there and then we'll add you to the group. Again, restoredministry.com slash community. Thank you so much for listening. Always remember, you are not alone. We're here to help you feel whole again and become the person that you were born to be.